Hey guys, Matt from Back Yourself Fitness here and welcome to another episode of the Back Yourself Podcast. How are we doing? Doing all right? That's good. That's what I want to hear. Um, before we jump into today's episode, let's jump back to the past couple of episodes that we've released over the past couple of weeks. Talking to my man Liam from LST Support Services, a genuine, warm-hearted, just all-around good bloke, uh, put together a little company called LST Support Services. They're doing great things, helping all his disability clients that he has, his disability mates, I should say, or no, not even, his mates, I should say. Um, it's just a great chat, getting an insight into someone's mind who wants to at his age, get into that industry, start his own business, and then taking it to where he wants to take it to. We get to talk about his clients, his family, what motivates him, etc., etc. Gratitude and gratefulness are two words that he uses a lot, um, and that's just the sign of the person that he is. So I highly recommend going back and having a listen to the past couple of episodes that we've put out. At the very least, give LST Support Services a follow on the old Instagram or Facebook. Um, it's just some uplifting shit. I would highly recommend. It is smile-inducing, be it photos or videos. Um, but that's the last couple of episodes. Before we move into today's episode, I want to touch on another little subject, which we touch on every year, and that is Old Movember. Yes, we're coming into that wonderful month. Um, where we decide to raise some funds, um, but also put ourselves through a little bit of hurt as well. Now, last year we did, um, Sam did push-ups for every dollar raised and I did burpees for every dollar raised. Uh, this year we're changing it up a little bit. So we will be once again raising money as a team and for every dollar the team raises, um, Sam will be doing a pull-up or chin-up for and I will be pushing the weighted sled 10 metres. So if we work on last year's total, I would have pushed the sled over um, 15 kilometers and Sam would have done over 1,500 pull-ups. So pretty hectic stakes, but it's all for a great cause and anyone is welcome to join the Back Yourself Fitness team. Um, we're going to get a couple of our clients on board as well. And before anyone says, oh, hang on, don't you already have a mustache? I'm actually doing Movember a little bit different this year. I will be keeping the old moustache because I've had it pretty much since COVID started kicking into gear. So very much like Shave for a Cure, I will be raising funds to shave off the slug. Um, it is disgusting. As of recording this, there's another seven weeks of growing to do. So it'll probably look the same, but still, still seven more weeks. So to donate, we'll put the links up. Uh, in the description of the podcast, plus it'll be on our socials as well. So you can literally start donating now. Um, I'm going to start stretching my legs now and Sam's going to start warming up his shoulders. Uh, but that is Movember. Let's leave that uh, or put a pin in that for the moment. Before I jump into today's episode, I'm going to say that again. Today's episode is sponsored by, what am I drinking? James Squire, 150 Lashes. It is ironic that I am recording this episode on a Friday afternoon. Because today's episode is about the burnout effect, as I have a mouthful. So I'm going to be talking about what it means to be burnt out or burning yourself out. And it feels like a pretty appropriate topic considering where we are as a city, state, country, world at the moment. Um, this time last year, I did a similar episode called That Time of Year and That obviously relates to coming into the back end of the year and how 
internal and external pressures and stresses can just really wear you out because you have your one eye on work and life and the other eye on the end of the year and just getting it done. Now, I touched on burning yourself out in that episode, but it was more about the stresses that the back end of the year can bring. Now, being burnt out is not restricted to the back end of the year and it can happen to anyone in any situation at any time of year. We're all different. Now, yes, there will be some crossover with that episode, some crossover, because I will touch on stresses. Um, But today we're going to outline some signs that you're heading down a negative road and how we can kind of maneuver and get back on track. I'm not going to tell you what you need to do or what I think you should do. That's not what this podcast is about. I want to make some thought-provoking content in this episode, well, all my episodes, but this episode, and I want you, whoever's listening to this, to sit and digest and assess where you are in your situation. So we're going to look at what burnt out actually means. What is being burnt out? What, like, It's all well and good to say. We all kind of know that it means exhausted, I guess. But being burnt out means feeling empty, mentally exhausted, no motivation and beyond caring. People experiencing burnout often don't see any hope of positive change in their situations. If excessive stress feels like you're drowning in responsibilities, burnout is a sense of being all dried up. We've all experienced being burnt out. However, the causes for all of us can vary. I personally don't want to make this episode about my experiences with dealing with it because I've done similar episodes like that. But yes, like everyone else, I have experienced being burnt out Shit, I could almost say I'm probably experiencing being burnt out as we speak. And for me, it's business related. So that's the all the 1% tasks that build up over time and then you go ahead and throw financial stresses on top of that like bills and rent and for me buying new equipment or promotion, then throw in general operation of the gym on top of that and then I finally have time to worry about training training clients and that's just the business side of things so we can go ahead and throw life stresses on top of that and that's just my situation now I know not everyone's running a gym but some of the other situations that you may run into where you're feeling burnt out we could look at work and that's what some of my examples or most of my examples are going to be about because everyone can experience being stressed at work but we can also look at family and relationships and just managing that as burning ourselves out. In today's pod, I'll be looking at what it actually means to be burnt out, the signs that you're heading to burnout town, and the remedies and changes that we can make and add into our routines and help manage how you feel. I'm not going to lay out a plan that says, you know what, to get less burnt out or to not burn yourself out, do these things. That's not what it's about. I'm also not going to tell you to stress less because as a stress head, the worst advice you could give me is stress less because that stresses me out even more because I go, well, don't tell me to stress less. You don't know what, like, you don't know what I'm thinking. You don't know what I'm feeling. You don't know. And I carry that little chip on my shoulder. And I know some people hearing that will relate. So I'm not going to lay out a plan for you. Like I said, I want to create um, thought provoking content. So you go, yeah, okay. All right, I feel you. 
and you can assess where you are in whatever situation you're in. Um, yes, some some of this that I say will be from personal experience. Some will be from what my clients have told me and some is just from good old-fashioned research. Let's look at some symptoms of being burnt out. I'm going to have a mouthful before I begin this. So some symptoms of being but being burnt out. Demotivation and detach, detachment from your work or your work responsibilities. Depleted energy levels. Detachment in your personal relationships. Lower productivity. Lower resistance to illness. A pessimistic outlook on work or life or both. Physical, mental and or emotional exhaustion. Now, if you're listening to this, firstly, hello. But secondly, listen to this list again and think about how many of these apply to you right now in your situation. Demotivation and detachment from work or work responsibilities. Low or depleted energy levels. Detachment in personal relationships. Low productivity. Low resistance to illness. A pessimistic outlook on work, life, or both. Physical, mental, and or emotional exhaustion. How many of those symptoms, I use the word symptoms, it's, it's not a disease, but how many of those symptoms could you go, yeah, that's me, yep, that's me, or yeah, okay, that's me, okay, that, there's a few of them there that are me. It's okay to feel like that, number one, but there are things that we can do and there are signs that we can get on top of it but also signs that you could also go the other way. We've outlined what being burnt out is, but now let's have a look at how we go from being on top of things to being overwhelmed and completely cooked in your situation. So for the purpose of this example, I've uh, made it from a work point of view because once again, that's easiest for me because that's that's my stressor. Um, so some of these, well, this example or these steps will be work-related, um, but you can relate them to any situation. And I'll touch on that at the end. Uh, it's a couple of phases that I've put together or stages that I've put together, and uh, they all have a name. So phase one is the honeymoon phase. Now, it's when we undertake a new task. We often start by experiencing high satisfaction. You've got commitment. You've got energy. You've got creativity. For example, like if you get a new job or beginnings of a new business or if you're entrepreneurial, you're adding a new part to your business, you're going to start this up, you're going to add this into your business. In this first phase of burnout, you begin to experience predicted stresses of the job. So basically forecasting stress, which I don't saying that out loud, I don't know how healthy that is, forecasting your own stresses before they even happen experiencing predicted stress of the job. So it's important to start implementing positive coping strategies such as taking taking practical steps in your job or prioritizing your mental health. Let me say that again. Prioritizing your mental health. Now I'm going to come back to that. But one more time, let that sink in. Prioritizing your mental health. The theory is that if we create good coping strategies at this stage, we can continue in the honeymoon phase indefinitely. So if you've got things in place to manage or cope or decompress, then theoretically, you can stay here the whole time and you can just manage. But you show me someone who's never stressed and I'll show you a liar. It's in good in theory. Phase two, I've named, hey, stress, there you are. 
Second stage of being burnt out begins with the awareness of some days being more difficult than the others. You may find your optimism is waning, as well as notice common stress symptoms affecting you physically, mentally, or emotionally. Some symptoms include, now once again, think about your current situation and see what applies to you. Some symptoms include anxiety, avoidance of decision-making, change in appetite or diet, fatigue, forgetfulness, general neglect for your own personal needs, something simple as grinding your teeth at night, headaches, an inability to focus, irritability, lack of sleep or reduced sleep quality, lack of social interaction and lower productivity. So straight away, as I was putting that list together, so many of those applied to me and have applied to me in the past. So I can imagine that if you're listening to this, most people can tick off those symptoms off that list in whatever situation they're in or have been in or could be heading into. Phase three is chronic stress. It sounds very dark, very ominous, chronic stress. The third stage of burnout is chronic stress. This is a marked change in your stress levels going from motivation to experience, experiencing stress on incredibly frequent basis. So your ability to be motivated versus being stressed is swinging heavy into the stress's favor. This stage is more than likely when you're putting more pressure on yourself than needed. People with high standards for themselves, this one is for you. You may experience more intense symptoms than those of stage two. So if you are one of those people, and I would like to think that I'm one of these people, who takes pride in their work, pride in their ability to complete tasks, taking pride in not asking for help, then this is where you will start to run into a couple of mental hurdles because you are internally fighting against what you think you are capable of versus what you're actually mentally capable of at that point. Now, I'm not saying you are you're not mentally capable of handling certain situations. However, everyone hits a point where their mental capabilities don't have the full capacity that they used to. So it is okay to not be able to achieve something that you set out to do. Symptoms of stage three or the chronic stress phase include anger or aggressive behavior, chronic exhaustion, decreased sexual desire, denial of problems at work or at home, feeling pressured or out of control, increased caffeine consumption, a lack of hobbies or interests, you're missing work deadlines, targets, whether you set them for yourself or the company or business or whatever is setting for you. You've got persistent tiredness in the morning. You wake up and you're tired. Physical illness, you're procrastinating at work and at home. Repeated, repeatedly late for things, just constantly, constantly late. Now, a couple of people are going to have a chuckle because they go, well, I'm actually already late for anything. But that more so means if you are one of those people who's generally on time or early, then all of a sudden you are late for things consistently. That's what that's referring to. Restfulness and then social withdrawal from friends and family. And now everyone has their own personality and how they they deal with their own things. Um, 
I my 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 way of dealing with things is I like to withdraw and just recharge myself. I like sometimes I just like my own company and I just want to just chill and listen to music or play PlayStation or go for a drive or whatever. But there are times when I need to remove myself just to recharge. The difference between that and doing it on a consistent basis because you're just cooked, that's, that's the, the difference. My way of doing it is, for me is because I'm trying to recharge. Withdrawing from friends and family on a regular basis could be just because you've got no energy to deal with whatever like a conversation being somewhere so that's what that symptom refers to and phase four the final phase burnout entering stage four of burnout is where symptoms become critical continuing as normal is not often possible possible the symptoms of burnout are so embedded in your life and in your mindset that you are likely to experience significant physical or emotional problem as opposed to occasionally experiencing stress or burnout. If it feels like every day you wake up and you are struggling to deal, you're burning out. You are at that burnout phase and it should be, okay, time to check myself. By this stage, our mental health is well and truly taking a hit. It could be as severe as depression and not wanting to get out of bed or it could be as mild, now I say mild in, a, in quotation marks, as mild as second-guessing your work, opinion, or input. Now, once again, relating this to work, if you are someone who takes pride in their work and you are confident in your workability, but then you start to second-guess yourself. You become a little bit forgetful. You second-guess your opinion. Is it actually right? Oh, is my gut telling me this or is my brain telling me like you'll send yourself mixed messages. That is also a sign of being burnt out for your work-driven people. Yes, these steps are more related to business and work because that's what's easiest for me to relate to. However, you can change out any occupation references that I just mentioned and chuck in whatever your situation is. It could be pushing you to the limit and it doesn't have to be just about work. Like I said at the start, it could be work, it could be family, it could be relationships or for the mums out there, it could be juggling all of the above. As we have another sip. If you're a long-time listener to the Back Yourself podcast, a question I always pose to my guest is what do you do for you? This question is one of, or easily one of the hardest questions that I throw at people because in that split second, I'm asking them to stop, self-evaluate and think about how they prioritize time for themselves. And everyone who I've had on the podcast so far has been very business-driven, um, uh, dedicated to work, dedicated to helping others, dedicated to whatever it is, but asking them what they do for themselves is something that they have to stop, assess, and evaluate. It's like, oh, shit, that's a good one. And I, you can go back and listen to a handful of podcasts and you can hear the silence after I ask that question. Uh, like I said, the question is easily one of the hardest to answer because more often than not, we are putting work, family, friends, or socializing, etc. Before ourselves, 
Of course, being there for your family is important. And yes, meeting work deadlines is part of day-to-day life. And yes, I love a beer with mates as, as much as anyone. But what do you do for you? What is your outlet? What is, what is the way that you decompress? In your life right now, what is something that you do that is strictly for no one else but yourself? doesn't have to be a hobby, doesn't have to be a passion, but it just needs to be time and effort for yourself. Decompress is a good word. Recharge is a good word. What activities do you do that help you achieve mindfulness? A couple of simple ideas, walking, reading, having a bath, stretching, coloring in, Doing puzzles, um, playing games, um, exercising is obviously a good one, um, but they're just ideas. You know, like I said, it doesn't have to be a, a hobby. You don't have to build things. You don't have to, I don't know, collect cards or whatever. Um, I was going to say stamps then, but who collects stamps? Um, but it's something that you just do for you. Like, this is going to sound very silly, but for me, at the moment, I've got Tetris on my phone. And it is so good because it helps me turn off from everything else that's happening, but it keeps my mind stimulated. I'm not thinking about anything else except moving those little blocks into the position that they want to be in and trying to beating, trying to beat my high score. So, it helps my competitive nature, number one, but it's also good to keep the brain active while not stressing. I always say to my clients, being healthy is not about how much weight you lift or how many calories you eat. It's about how many how many positive investments do you make into yourself. This does not mean this is not a sales pitch. This does not mean how many PT sessions do you do per week. It means how many positive investments do you make into yourself per day, per week. What are positive investments, you ask? Here's some examples. Regular sleep or consistent sleep, that's free. Making sure you're eating enough, that's free. Eating healthy options. If there's color on your plate, you're doing the right thing. That's free. Regular exercise, and this doesn't have to be a CrossFit wad every day and you don't have to hit a PB and do a thousand kilo deadlifts or a hundred burpees or whatever. It could be as simple as just freaking moving. Take the dog for a walk. That's free. Being around people that make you happy. That's free. Time you invest into decompressing, like all that stuff that we spoke about before. That's free. Then if you want to add some, I don't want to say financial to it, Invest in a massage. It's someone who is there to take stress off your body. Seeing a physio, seeing a chiro, or seeing osteo, etc., etc., is also a positive investment in yourself. Yes, these visits are generally around um, injuries or niggles or whatever the case may be. However, you've highlighted the fact 
that you need to get yourself on the mend. And you've highlighted the fact that, hey, I need to do something for me to fix or help problem A. Or if you're one of those people, problem A, B and C. So that's a positive investment. You're positively investing your time and effort into helping you get a little bit smoother in your day-to-day movements. Investing in a PT. Everyone's like, oh my God, PTs are so expensive. And blah, 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 blah. But what we're here to do is help you take steps forward. If you don't want to invest in a PT and you have your own motivation and your own self-drive, great. I'm all for it. Join up at a gym. Go, go for runs. Do, do your own workouts in the garage. Whatever. It doesn't have to cost money to be active. A question I will poise to anyone who listens to this. If you had to list how many positive investments you make into yourself per day, how long or short would that list be? All right, what if we expanded it to a week? Same question. If you had to sit back and write a list of how many positive investments you make into yourself per week, how long would that list be? Would it be the same things on that list? Because once you write down, oh, I, I, I exercise, that's the only time it counts. How many different positive investments can you make in yourself per week? Now, let's flip it. If I asked you to list all the things that you do for others, how long or short would that list be? Now, when I say others, I mean work, be it a deadline, I guess, but are you putting pressure on yourself to get certain things done that don't need to be done necessarily? Uh, It could be juggling I've got to get Joey to soccer training, but I've got to get Bella to ballet and I've got to get uh, Donnie to music or whatever. How are those kids' names too, by the way? No offense if you have kids called whatever I just said the names were. Um, If you're juggling that or you're juggling, all right, I've got to get this house clean. This house house is filthy. Oh my God, I can't. Oh, there's there's dust everywhere. And oh my God, I got to clean. And I said I'd catch up with so-and-so for lunch at 11. I've got to get all this shit done. And blah, blah, blah. Like you're putting pressure on yourself. That's doing things for others. Yes, catching up with people could be a positive way to invest in yourself if that is your personality type. And yes, we all take pride in a clean house or clean surrounds. But how dirty is your house really? Like... What are you going to do? Wipe down the floors. Oh, sorry. Wipe down the benches, vacuum the floors, put washing away. If it doesn't need to necessarily be done that second, then, and this is just my opinion. I know some people will raise their eyebrows. It doesn't, if it doesn't need to be done that second, then just that. It doesn't need to be done that second if it's not life-threatening. That's just my opinion. Get angry if you want. That's cool. It's okay to put yourself first. Once again, it's okay to put yourself first. These positive investments aren't huge time consumers, but everyone needs to have time where they can recharge. Otherwise, you and the burnt out effect will be best buds in no time. Your biggest downfalls you will face when it comes to burning yourself out are three things, three major things that I've put together. 
not recognizing that you, in fact, are burning yourself out, not prioritizing time for yourself, and the big one, not asking for help. Everyone is running their own race, but if you're struggling, throw your hand up. I know there are people who listen to this or who are close friends to mine or family or whatever who take pride in, I can do this by myself and I'm one of these people too. Don't offer to give me help. I've got this. But there are times when I struggle, when we all struggle and we need to go, hey, I need help. And it could be as simple as, hey, I need help getting this washing done. Hey, I need help um, washing the dogs. Hey, I need help because I'm struggling at the moment mentally and I'm just, I don't know what to do. It can be either end of the spectrum, but asking for help. A problem problem shared is a problem halved. Whatever that saying is. Imagine I said that right. Sharing your problem with someone is not, burdening them they're there to help we talk about support networks etc use your support network it's okay and no one's going to think less of you if you can't complete all the tasks or all the goals that you set for yourself uh where was i lost my place in the notes uh reach out to someone keep in mind that there are things that you can control in your day-to-day life that will help navigate stress and burnout. But it's up to you whether you prioritize them or not. I can't force you to change the way you think. Your friends, family, work colleagues can't change or force you to change the way you think. That's on you. You've got to want to make those changes. You can say, oh, I need to. You can say you you need to until you're blue in the face. It means nothing. Oh, I need to do this. I need to do that. Uh, uh. It means nothing. Until you say to yourself or someone else, I want to do this, that's when the change will come. I'm not here to tell you how to fix being burnt out or how to avoid being burnt out. But I hope this chat is, once again, more thought-provoking for you, whoever listens to this, because... Everyone needs to assess where they're at. Do I need help? Am I okay? Am I heading down this path? Shit, two months ago, was I actually at that point? How close was I to breaking point? We haven't even touched on things like mental breakdowns. And that's that's when we go real in the deep end. The only person who can instill change in yourself is you. I'm going to end this podcast with a few questions. Do you have some, or do some of the symptoms that I mentioned earlier about being burnt out sound familiar? What do you do for you? How much do you do for others versus how much do you do for yourself? How many positive investments per day do you make in yourself? And finally, is your mental health and capability a priority for you. That brings us to the end of another episode of the Back Yourself podcast. If you are struggling and you do need help, firstly, it's okay to feel like that. Secondly, all you got to do is ask. 
You'd be surprised at how many people are actually there to help you. No one's going to think any less of you if you if you aren't achieving the 17,000 goals you set out for yourself, be it in that day, that week, that month, that year. It's okay to not tick them all off. It's okay to feel like shit. It's okay to ask for help. More importantly, it is definitely okay to prioritize your mental health. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, until I talk to you next time, Whatever it is you're dealing with, day-to-day life, work, home, family, relationships, you can do it. You can manage. If you need help, ask. But more importantly, back yourself.